So the person can walk away from you, the person can reject you or even be in an argument with you, but never lose that desire to love them Mm. and desire the best for them. And that may mean the relationship might be over at that point. They may walk away from you, but you still love them. You still desire heaven for them. You still pray for them, but you're not consumed with anxiety over the result of your of your relationship. You're listening to the Ascension Roundtable podcast, episode 44, Burning for Christ or Burning Out with Rose Sweet. Rose Sweet has spent 40 years in different areas of parish ministry. And more importantly, she spent even more time as an avid follower of Jesus Christ. Drawing from her experience in ministry, and especially from the way Jesus relates to people in the Gospels, Rose shares with us four rules of relationship that we can follow to help us avoid ministry burnout. And even though we're focusing especially on the relationships you build in your ministry, I think you'll finish today's episode feeling empowered to improve all the different relationships in your life. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. This is Marisa, the producer. You haven't heard from me in a while, um, but I am here today because we have a very special guest here with us in studio. We have Rose Sweet. Rose, welcome. Thank you. I like being very special. (laughs) You are very special. I know. You guys are so sweet. Thank you, Marisa. (laughs) If you don't know Rose, you've got to know Rose. We're excited to introduce you to her today. Um, Rose has um, an amazing gift for helping people build positive and healthy relationships that put faith at the center of everything. And so we're going to speak with her today. We're actually going to do two episodes with her. And the first episode, um, she titled Burning for Christ or Burning Out. And actually, Rose, I think I'm going to have you write the episode titles for all of my future episodes. <laughs> I know. If they don't grab you right away, it's like, who wants to read it? Especially, right. you know, today we get, we're bombarded by so many things like these podcasts. Right, right. And they got to sound really good. Right. Right. Well, I might have to take a little tutorial from you because <laughs> I lack in that creative creativity department sometimes. Um, so our first episode is about... Maintaining healthy relationships within parish ministry, um, whether that be with your coworkers, with your pastor, um, with some with those with whom you're working, um, or it could be your marriage, your parenting, or just any relationship. I think you're going to have a lot to take away. Rose has four rules of relationship that she's going to share with us, um, and I'm excited to hear them myself, and I'm excited for you to benefit from hearing them. Um, and then in our second episode. We are going to talk about uh, ministry to the divorced. Um, Rose's done much good work in this area, so you'll want to stay with us and tune back in to that second episode. So let's get started. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> Rose, before before we jump straight into the topic, I just want to give um, a chance for our listeners to get to know you. So would you be willing to share just a little bit of your story with our listeners? Thank you, uh, Marisa. I live in California. I'm a native Californian. Um, and yes, we do have fruits and nuts out there. I admit it right away. <laughs> um, but the geography is beautiful. That's what we say. Um, and I I messed up a lot of my relationships in the past. And um, I did what everybody did in the 80s. I read all those self-help books. Mm-hmm. I went to 12-step meetings. I went to Bible study. And I, I learned a lot from all that stuff. But mm-hmm. you know what? The deeper I got into my faith... 
you know, because our conversion is really ongoing, even right. though we're in ministry. Um, I realize that if we look to Jesus Christ, he pretty much shows us how to behave in every relationship situation, if mm -hmm. we have the eyes to see. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, it was here all along, you know, <laughs> um, and not to put down self-help books and, and other, you know, helpful tools. Um, but I love being able to say, this is what it means to be Catholic. Mm -hmm. This is what it means to put our religion right into our relationships. Mm -hmm. And I've been in every ministry you can imagine. At mm -hmm. the, you know, I started out teaching little kids CCD. Do they still call it that? <laughs> you know, I mean, it was so long ago. And I've been in RCIA and the singles ministry and the divorce ministry and the women's group. And, you know, I've, I've loved to help. Mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm oldest of nine. I'm a big sister at heart. That means you're you're kind of in charge, right? <laughs> Second to Large mom. and in charge. That's right. If mom's not there, I am mom. <laughs> so anyway, I I've been through everything. I've, you know, been angry at my coworkers. Mm -hmm. I've thought the stupid people in the class were idiots. Mm. You know, I've had that arrogant, frustrated, angry sense. I'm here to do the Lord's work, you know, mm. and you guys aren't listening to me. Right. Um, and even, you know, being upset with the pastor because he wasn't on my program, you know. Mm. So I've had to learn the humility and the patience and the things that we all do. Um, and I'm excited to share these simple four steps today mm. that really will help any relationship. I love how you said that, um, you know, you're reading all these self-help books and then you said Jesus is the one who teaches the rules of these relationships. And I think so many people look at the Bibles and look at, at scripture as kind of this these abstract teachings, um, but they're not looking for rules of relationship, right? R help in terms of their everyday practices, in terms of what they do to relate to one, to the people that are closest to them. Right. No, what we do is we use Jesus as our, our escape. We say, okay, Jesus, bless these relationships. Help me know what to do. Help me, help me, blah, blah, blah. Thank you. Amen. And mm -hmm. off we go again. And he's like, hang on. <laughs> you know, I, it's in scripture. Look at my life. Mm. See how I responded to those people. Mm. See see my my reaction mm. and the th my responses. And you can learn from that. So that's, I love it. That's what we're going to talk about today. That is so cool. So um, I am going to let you start us out with these four steps. Um, but before we start with that, I remember you telling me that there was a particular story in scripture that kind of inspired these um, as you developed these four steps. Can you tell us a little bit about that story and, and what, uh, I guess, what was going on inside of you as you read it? I'm sure you had read it before. Um, many times, what opened your eyes to this, these kinds of tips that you're about to share with us? Great question. So it's the story of the rich young man in scripture who goes to Jesus for help, right? And and we'll go over that in a minute. But But what really grabbed me when I read it was that Jesus let the guy walk away. Mm. He didn't go chasing after him. And I'm like, whoa, I chase after people. You know, mm -hmm. I try to show it to them one more time and they're and they get mad at me and they mm -hmm. resent me. Um so I I started to prayerfully go into this story and and it, for those of you who don't remember it, it's um the rich young man had a lot of possessions obviously and there's nothing wrong with having possessions. It's the degree of attachment to them. So we learn this in the story. So he he comes to Jesus and he says, you know, master, teacher, rabbi, what must I do to gain eternal life? And Jesus says the original pat answer, follow the Ten Commandments. You know the law. He's mm -hmm. a, you know, you're a good Jew. And the young man said, yes, um, I, I pretty much do all those. I'm, I'm pretty good at that. 
And apparently he was because Jesus didn't argue with him. Right. So he was a good man. Like we're all good people. But this guy was very attached to his stuff. Mm. And overly so. So Jesus kind of, I imagine, leaned in and said, well, there's one more thing that you got to do if you want to gain eternal life. Sell all that stuff and come follow me. In other words, put that stuff aside and make me number one in your mind, heart, soul, and spirit. Mm -hmm. And that's a scary proposition. And the rich young man we see from in scripture just kind of went, bleh, 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 bleh. you know, he didn't know what to do with that. Right. And his face fell. And he eventually walked away sad. And Jesus let him go. And scripture says he even he looked at him with love. So that's what we're going to dive into. I, I saw that Jesus went through four basic steps. And then I started read, seeing him in scripture everywhere that, oh, he did that with Peter and he did that with James and John. And so mm. I, I, I loved it. Then they're easy to remember. So that's what we're going to dive into today. All right. Well, let's get let's get going. What's number one? Okay. <laughs> number one is listen. Okay. Are you listening to me, Marisa? I hope so. Okay, good. How many times have we said that to our kids? Yeah. I know you have an 18-month-old. Look at me. Listen to me. That's right. So Jesus never jumped into his agenda or his teaching without first being present to the other person, fully present. Mm -hmm. That's what listening is. It's not just listening with your ears, but your eyes and your mind and your heart. There's an openness and when we have an agenda, like we're in ministry and we're at this parish and we, you know, we got to convert these people or change their evil ways or whatever, that's in our mind. And when they're talking, sometimes we're not even really listening. We're nodding our head and, but we're thinking about our grocery list or what father might say. And it's really hard to be a good listener, mm. but it's absolutely important. It's a skill that has to be developed. I wasn't born with it. My natural gifts are in leading and other other things. They're mm -hmm. not in listening. So I had to make a decision to try to, to, to be better at that and to ask for God's grace to do that. What things did you do to um, to start to master that? Because you are, you're an incredible listener. I mean, obviously, you listeners can't see, but just the eye contact and the, the presence that Rose has with me in the room, I can tell that this is something that you, you emulate. Um, so what kinds of things, if you're not a natural listener, what sorts of practices can you start to do in order to make that muscle memory? Well, it is a muscle memory and it takes time and grace can make it happen. Um, but the first thing is you mentioned it, look in the person's eyes. Mm -hmm. um, just stay connected with the eyes a lot. There's so much going on there. And sometimes we're afraid. It, it's a very direct thing to look somebody right in the eye, especially a stranger. Mm -hmm. But walls come tumbling down when you can do that. Mm -hmm. And an intim intimacy uh, springs forth because I think that's we're made for relationship. Mm. So have practice good eye contact. It, you know, if you have to do this at home with somebody, you'll giggle, you'll, you'll laugh. Remember those stare contests we did as, with <laughs> yeah. our sisters and stuff like that? First one that blinks or laughs or whatever. But just do that. You know, ask your friends, do you think I'm a good listener? Um, and, and just focus on that. I think that's really important. And then quiet your mind. You know, before you encounter somebody, say, Lord, get that agenda out of my head, please. Mm. Um, and just, and the other thing that I do is breathe, you know. Mm -hmm. It's so, um, it's so common to listen. And as you're listening, start generating your response. 
and you completely turn from a, an active listener to an active responder mentally, even though it might look like you're listening. And you know why that is? Because our priority is the mission, not the person. Hmm. If our priority is the person, sometimes it doesn't even matter what we teach them or anything else. As if we can connect with them and let them know, I see you, hmm. I hear you, and I love you. Wow. If that's all we ever do, we've done it. Right. And that's, I mean, that goes back to what Christ did. First, he said it looked, he looked on him. And I think, I don't really think of Christ looking and, and somebody making eye contact with him, like him holding eye contact with that rich young man. That puts a different spin on the story for me, at least as I'm visualizing it. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, that's, that's great. So what's number two? Number two is after you listen, then you lead. First, listen and then lead. Okay, so you do have a job to do. You have to lead them to the truth. And that's what Jesus always did. He listened to them. And then in his responses, he gave them the cold, hard truth, even though they didn't want to hear it sometimes. Mm -hmm. So what is it? What is your objective? Do you want to present the teachings of the church? Um, you know, whatever it is, you lead just as Jesus did. And he did it a lot of different ways. One way he led people was through story. Mm parables. Mm -hmm. That's how he led people to the truth. Sometimes he actually cited scripture, the Old Testament. Right. He definitely led by example. That's the most important thing, I think. You know, are you at peace? Are you living a good, holy Catholic life? Mm -hmm. Are you walking the walk? Mm -hmm. You know, because people will look at that no matter what ministry you're in. So just look, look to all the ways that Jesus led people. And he gave story, he gave parable, he gave examples. He, in fact, he asked them questions like, Marisa, who do you say that I am? Yeah. So there's lots of ways. And the thing that we do, and this is my, this is my fault being the big sister, I like to rebuke. Mm. You know, and rebuking somebody is a form of leading them to the truth. Yeah. But it should be your last resort. They got to know rebuking doesn't really work unless the person knows you care about them and you love them. Mm. And that starts back with listening. So listen and then lead. That's such a good reminder because I'm I'm also an older, I'm the oldest girl. And so I've always kind of had that um, a little idealistic and uh, a little bit just harsh sometimes in terms of wanting, like you said, to, to rebuke, make everything right, um, a little perfectionist. And so I think as leaders, it's very easy to think of um, what you want to convey and not necessarily realize that there are other ways to communicate other than speaking um, right. even, or, or standing up on a, you know, behind a podium and teaching. Um, I love the reminder about leading by example. Mm -hmm. um, uh, my, my dad always, um, he says that the quote by St. Francis, well, it's attributed to, to St. Francis, the um, preach and use words when necessary. He says, that's not what St. Francis says. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes we can hide behind that. Um, but I think the the tendency for those of us in ministry is probably the opposite, actually. Um, and so it's a great reminder. You know, part of the our responses are due to our natural temperament. That's another topic I love to talk about. Maybe we'll do a podcast on that sometime. Yeah. Um, but some people are naturally more quiet mm -hmm. and they don't want to push somebody they don't like to take that role of leadership because it might cause conflict. Right. Others of us are like, yeah, come on, you know, get in line, baby. <laughs> um, but le let's get the shame out of it if there's any shame. If you are the take charge type or you are pushy sometimes, 
we know it's because you have a genuine good desire. Mm -hmm. You want to do the Lord's work. Mm -hmm. So get rid of the shame if you're that way. But remember, it just needs balance. Mm -hmm. So in other words, yes, be a leader, but first calm down and listen and be present to the person. Mm -hmm. And then the next two will help you with that as well. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back with those final two tips. Okay. Rules, I should say. We'll be right back. The Bible is such an important part of our Catholic faith, but it's not always easy to understand. There are 73 separate books and so many names, places, and events that sometimes we just stop trying to figure out how it all fits together. The good news is, the Great Adventure Bible Studies make it easy for you to understand the Bible. By focusing on the story that ties all of Scripture together, the Great Adventure Bible Studies give you the big picture of the Bible. And once you see the big picture of salvation history, the Mass will make more sense, the Catholic faith will make more sense, and you will see how God has a loving plan for your life. The Great Adventure Bible Studies have helped hundreds of thousands of people to understand the Bible and grow closer to Christ. There's no other Catholic Bible study series like it. And you can get started on The Great Adventure today by creating your free account at ascensionpress.com. Welcome back. We are talking about the four rules of relationship with Rose Sweet. And before the break, we talked about the need to listen before you lead. And so we're here with number three. Rose, what's the third rule for a relationship? Um, well, looking at the story of the rich young man in Scripture and Matthew, because the story does appear several times, uh, but the one in Matthew definitely says that Jesus looked at him with love. So the third rule of relationship is always remember that you love that person. And here, But here's the second part of that, no matter what they do. Mm. So we sometimes don't love anybody anymore when they're not listening to us. Um, and and they're, we've led them to the right place. We've given them the truth in the best way possible, and they're still not responding. You know, it's like the rich young man. He, what do you mean, sell all my stuff? What do you mean, not have sex outside marriage? What do you mean I have to go to confession first? What do you mean? What do you mean? All those things that people struggle with. And Jesus just looked at him with love. Mm. He understood. Jesus had the big picture in mind. And he wasn't all filled with anxiety, like he wasn't not going to get his mission done with this guy. He just was relaxed and loving. And love is not affection. You know this. Mm -hmm. um, it's not uh, a good feeling. It is wanting the very best for that person and never losing that desire. So the person can walk away from you, the person can reject you or even be in an argument with you, but never lose that desire to love them mm. and desire the best for them. And that may mean the relationship might be over at that point. They may walk away from you, but you still love them. You still desire heaven for them. You still pray for them, but you're not consumed with anxiety over the result of your of your relationship. That's kind of that um, element of anxiety that you're talking about. I think that's so insightful um, that Christ had a piece about the outcome that he knew that he was about his father's business. And it, it there's no um, use of the other person to make yourself feel better. Um, I know that sounds, um, that might sound strange, but what no. I mean is that sometimes when you're, you set out, you make somebody your project and that person's progress becomes the means for your ego to grow. And the measure of your success. Right. That's right. And those of us in ministry, we can fall into that. 
And again, you know, we're, we're in a world, well, even our spiritual life is about measuring our degree of sanctity. Mm-hmm. So we can't get away from measurement. Right. Um, but we have to keep it in balance again. And that's what Jesus did. You, you named it rightly. He kept the big picture in mind, um, you know, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be. I love that prayer mm-hmm. because it says, okay, God's been in charge all this time. He is right now and he always will be. So let's just take a deep breath and love that person and desire the best for that person and not stress over it. That's awesome. Um, Steve Motel, you know Steve, mm-hmm. you know, um, he works here um, at Ascension and he has, um, I think, five daughters. But he did an interview with Jeff Cavins because they both have all daughters and they talk about some things that they've learned as fathers mm-hmm. in raising their daughters. And in that conversation, Steve shared something that he tells his daughters um, all of the time because he recognizes that as a father, he's a, an image of God the Father. And so he has always told his daughters, there is nothing that you can do to earn more of my love. Mm. And there is nothing that you can do to lose any of my love. Mm. And I just thought that that was so beautiful. And and I mean, imagine if everybody who was working in ministry was able to convey that to those with whom we minister. Well, when we remember our own imperfections and we have that authentic humility, let's say I'm working with a divorced person and they go, I just can't do what the church says. And I, I, I don't go, you have to. I right. say, I know. I know. That's all I got to do. I just just love him and give yeah. him that room as Jesus gave the rich young man room to walk away. Mm. Still love them. It's hard to do, but it's not impossible. Wow. Are there any things that you have? Um, I mean, I, I know prayer is probably <laughs> number one, but are there any specific prayers or specific practices that you feel have been helpful in your life in helping you gain that peace? Yes. When you ask God, to God, help me know how much you love me. Help me understand it and open to it and feel it. And mm-hmm. when you know you are loved, then you can turn around and love somebody else. You know, when we're not feeling loved or worthy or successful or whatever, we have a hard time loving other people. Mm-hmm. But when we are filled to overflowing with love, that's going to pour out of us on other people. So in your prayer life, um, ask God, help me to to know your love for me first Mm, that's so good it's so true that we lash out oftentimes when we are insecure that's right it's nothing new under the sun (laughs) so are you ready for the last one here i'm very ready and we're actually right here on time rose you are fantastic oh i know (laughs) thank you it's but concise but so um there's so many amazing tidbits here so because we got a job to do here (laughs) okay okay so the last one is the hardest one for most people okay let go let go. Listen, lead, love, and then let go. What do you mean let go? We have to win souls for Jesus. No, Jesus already did salvation. You just have to work with him in the vineyard. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to save the world. Jesus already did. So don't let go of the person. Don't let go of your desires for them or your passion for ministry, but let go of the results, the need to succeed, um, the notches on your belt, the numbers, you know, on the books, mm. let go of all that performance anxiety and just say, Lord, I did my best. I know you know that they're in your, they're in your hands and just let go of that stuff. Mm. It's hard to do. It's hard to do. What if you have, um, so a lot of people who are listening, they, this is their job. So they have some elements of, um, being held accountable 
for their work. How do you let go of those outcomes when you feel pressure from maybe those who are in authority over you to demonstrate that you're making progress? That's a great question. Letting go doesn't mean just, you know, sit back and let the world go by. And, you know, you still care about your job and performance, but you hold it as Jesus did with that knowledge of the big picture. Mm -hmm. If you've done your very best and it's not working, let's say your boss is saying, you know, well, why aren't we getting results? Just say, I don't know. Let's look at it again and see if there's something else we need to do. But don't go into that shame place or that proving yourself place or that beating yourself up place. That's where you have to let go. Mm. That's all negative. Uh, that's self-talk from the enemy. Mm-hmm. You know, if you did your best, let that go and then look for another way to do it. Sometimes this happened to me. I got fired. The pastor and I did not see eye to eye and I lost a big chunk of income. Mm. And I don't ever regret it. I learned to let go and process that uh, and just stick with what I knew was right and true and good. So learning the hard way. (laughs) I know, you know, but I know how loved I am. Mm -hmm. I know if I stick close to Jesus, he's not going to let me go off the cliff. No Mm -hmm. matter what ministry I'm in, no matter what job I'm trying to do, I look to him. I keep my eyes on him. And guess what? I listen to him. I let him lead me. I let him love me. And that's how I can let go. That is so good. I'm going to ask you one question uh, before we wrap up here. If somebody looks at their life and their ministry, and they just have a moment of realizing that things are just totally out out of balance, that they are struggling with healthy boundaries and with um, putting their priority in the right place, what's step one? I always say step one is prayer, but step two might be something very practical, like call a Catholic counselor. Mm. You know, I benefited over the years from good therapy and good counseling. I need to have a teachable spirit. And I think to the day we die, we all have to have a teachable spirit. So get help. That's what I would say. That's so good. I think it is. So people say prayer, but it's so helpful to have a human voice say, you know what? I think this is this might be a good thing for you to try. Right. So that's that's great. Do you have any recommendations where people can find good Catholic counselors? I do. I recommend three all the time. Uh, um, www.catholictherapist.com. Uh, okay. Uh, and then also catholiccounselors.com. And the third one is catholicpsych.com. Three good members of the uh, Catholic Therapist Association who I know personally and our good, faithful Catholics and professional whip-smart people. We will have those links in the show notes um, for our listeners. If you can't, if you didn't have a chance to write those down, um, you can go to ascensionpress.com, click on the channels link, and you can find the re- most recent podcast episodes where you'll find the show notes for this particular episode with those links in them. And Rose, where can people find out more about your ministry? Rosesweet.com. Thank God I grabbed that name before it got <laughs> too popular. Yeah, no, I like it's my my name is my website. That is so easy and I simple <laughs> and wonderful. <laughs> you really lucked out with that. I did. I did. That's great. And then um, if for those of you who don't know, um, Rose is actually also the author and presenter of Ascension's um, program to help those who are suffering from divorce. And so it is Rose, help me out again. Here. It is surviving divorce 
Hope and Healing for the Catholic Family. And I love it because we've expanded the materials to include pages to help you with your children, no matter what their ages are. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. If you want to check that out, um, I'm sure you can find out more at Rose Sweet's website. You can also find out more at ascensionpress.com. And you can actually preview the first session of that program for free um, by creating a free account at Ascension. So we hope that you are able to take a look at some of those materials. And we are so, so grateful that you took the time here to listen today. Rose, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure, Marisa. All your wisdom is fantastic. And for our listeners, you can reach us at Ascension Roundtable at ascensionpress.com. If you have any success stories or any questions surrounding this topic, please write to us and we will um, share them on the show. It's so good to have this community of people who are serving the Lord and supporting each other. We are praying for you and we encourage you to pray for all of your fellow listeners. And until next time, as Alan says, peace. Peace.